Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined by the one and only Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes is just a couple of days away now. Saturday night, NFL, NFC divisional playoff football between the Packers and the 49ers. And before we get into our keys to victory and whatnot for this game, there's a specific individual here for the Packers who's who's worth talking about, and we've gotten uh, the reaction from um, coaches, teammates, and whatnot on uh, on this player making, um, I guess, a, a somewhat surprise appearance on the um, first-team All-Pro list that was announced late last week. And, of course, I'm talking about inside linebacker Devondre Campbell. You were the one who said it on this show when we were talking about the Pro Bowl and how he didn't get, not only didn't get Pro Bowl, which wasn't necessarily a surprise, but he wasn't even an alternate, alternate yeah. for the Pro Bowl. Wasn't on any kind of a, a Pro Bowl recognition list at all. And you said, let's just wait until the All-Pro votes come out. Well, I thought he had a pretty good chance maybe to get second team all pro first team all pro surprised me I would have to say let's keep this on Devondre Campbell let's start on Devondre Campbell I do have some thoughts on the pro bowl though once we get past this the the thing that reason I said that is because one of the reasons I really like the all pro team is because they they judge guys based on the position in which they play when you look at strictly inside linebackers middle linebackers in the National Football League I think Campbell the way he performed this season when you look at the statistics uh, the, the analytics, all that stuff, he was among the best of his position. And I, I realistically, if you want to go past the numbers, past anything, just look at how this defense plays with him on the field. Look at the difference in terms of their production, not only against the run, but also what they've done against tight ends this season, against uh, running backs leaking out of the backfield. Campbell's been exceptional. And to see – well, he didn't get to see it, but to hear – what that moment was like on Friday when, when Matt LaFleur brings everybody together and announces to the team, okay, we have two pretty obvious first-team selections, and everybody knows what's going on there. And then he mentions, but there's a third. And it was, it was interesting, and you were the one that asked it, but listening to Aaron Rodgers kind of like recall his thoughts there, like, well, it, it could have been Rasul Douglas. It, it could have been this player. It could have been Devondre. <laughs> and... And to hear, we haven't, at this point in which we're taping this, we haven't talked to Campbell yet, but to hear what that moment was like, how enthusiastic the team was when it was announced that Campbell was a first-team All-Pro, and then Campbell to give that speech. And he's said it a number of times this year, but the fact that the Packers made him feel valued, made him feel like he was a part of something, and the biggest thing of all, allowed him to become the player he felt he was capable of being. That is where this sixth NFL season for Devondre Campbell, I think you can tell that this is the one for him that was the galvanizing year, not just because of the success, but because he was finally put in a position with this defense to be the man. Yeah, and it's interesting because any anytime there's a new addition to the team, there are always questions about, okay, is, the, is this player going to fit the locker room? Is this player going to fit the culture? And then there are also players who, who can come along and, and who can – elevate the locker room and they can elevate the culture. Devondre Campbell is one of these guys. Not only not only does he fit the culture, did he fit it right from the beginning, yeah. but he also elevated it with his play to have the career year that he's had, 
stepping into a brand new system, didn't really have an off-season program because, as we've mentioned, he signs in the middle of June, basically like a week or so before everybody's being dismissed uh, for the long break before training camp. And when I look at, you know, we get asked these questions all the time. Okay, so what's going to, what's different about the Packers this year? You know, last two years, the Packers have had a first-round bye. They've had home games in the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. And when I look at what's going on with these, with these 2021 Packers, if you, were to, if you were to ask me what is the biggest difference between this team and the previous two teams that have tried to make these runs to the Super Bowl, the biggest difference is Devondre Campbell because, yes, a couple years ago, A.J. Dillon wasn't here. He's a, yep. he's a new player. Rasul Douglas is a, is a new player this year. You've had other you know guys step in, step up on the offensive line, all of that, and I'm not, I'm not discounting that. But if you were to ask me the single biggest difference in personnel between this Packers team and the ones from the previous two years that have tried to make this run – Campbell is the biggest difference. He changed the way this defense looks. He changed the way it plays. And, uh, and I tip my cap to him because he, in a very short amount of time, he was able to get due recognition for it. And it made a believer out of me in the middle linebacker position, the inside linebacker position. You, you got to see, you know, Nick Barnett in his prime. You got to see, you know, A.J. Hawk earlier in his career. Certainly Blake Martinez had some good moments. And, and Clay Matthews was exceptional after they moved him to that inside linebacker position. But Campbell playing at a first-team all-pro level this year showed you how dynamic that position can be and just overall what the domino effect is on the rest of the unit when you get elite play from that position. That stat that I believe it was Mike Reiner was the one, uh, uh, Mike Reiner, I'm sorry, Mike, if I mispronounce your name, from Pro Football Focus, that stat he pumped out about how Campbell was the only linebacker in the National Football League with at least 80 solo tackles that had fewer than double-digit missed tackles, and he only had four. Yeah, four. Was one of the most illuminating things about the season because while you and I aren't sitting there counting missed tackles every game, right? as soon as I said that, I was like, you know, throughout the course of the year, I didn't see a whole lot of missed tackles from Devondre Campbell, <laughs> no. especially in open space. Yeah. Like, when he's in the open field, man, it was like a magnet to the football. He got that guy to the ground or at least held him up long enough for the rest of the guys to come. There's no whiffing in his game, and that's not easy to do. That's a moving target that you're trying to put an arrow through, and Campbell has done a really good job of it. In addition, he's long, he's lengthy, and and you can just tell how much this meant to him and to this team. The Green Bay Packers are going to try to get on a run here. They're going to try to beat the San Francisco 49ers. They're going to try to win this thing at home in the NFC Championship game, and they're going to attempt to try to win a Super Bowl. If those three things are going to happen, Devondre Campbell, Rasul Douglas, some of these guys that you and I were not talking about on June 1st yeah. are going to be the reason it occurs. I've been, again, as I said, it made a believer out of me. This guy has made a believer out of me and what the importance is of the inside linebacker position in the National Football League in 2021. Also, just to, can I make the point about the Pro Bowl really quick? Yeah, yeah. Congratulations also to Devondre Campbell. Hopefully he's in Green Bay. I don't know where he's playing next year. You'll be a free agent after the season. But congratulations. The 2022-23 Pro Bowl selection already coming his way. You can see it yep. happening. Yep. Uh, the most antiquated of antiquated systems in the National Football League. Pro Bowl voting. Outside linebackers having to play inside linebacker because they can't differentiate a defensive end from an edge rusher. Yeah. 
Rogers called it Rogers called it the Bakhtiari treatment, yes. right? Because David Bakhtiari got all pro recognition before he ever got a Pro Bowl. Same thing happened with Corey Lindsley. Yep. He gets first team all pro last year and then this year uh, with the Chargers and his new free agent contract, he makes his first Pro Bowl and as you said, you can pretty much write in in ink. You don't even need to put it in pencil. In ink, Devondre Campbell will be a Pro Bowler next season because uh, the All-Pro recognition came first. A lot of things happened with the the Hub Arkish thing. I know there was a lot of questions about the voting process. I told you, I wrote about it. I think I said on the show, the AP voters take that responsibility seriously. They do. And for them to actually acknowledge that, the other thing they've gotten right too, they a right tackle is the first team All-Pro right tackle. They do a third receiver now instead of trying to do a fullback or a flex position. The you, I tip my cap to the Associated Press. They have adjusted to the times. I would really like to see the Pro Bowl voting do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the the for the All Pro voting, there there were three linebackers, essentially three interior linebackers yeah. who were selected, and and uh, and Campbell Campbell was able to uh, to get that uh, that third spot in the voting. So that's why he became a first teamer other than Aaron Rodgers telling that great story on Tuesday about the reveal by Matt LaFleur of the all pro selections for the team and how the team reacted. The other thing that I took out of um, his session with the media, and I wrote about this on the website the other day, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a mindset here with this team that, that that's permeating a little bit, you know, back in 2019, it was Matt LaFleur's first season. The Packers kind of came out of nowhere in some respects to go 13-3 and three, right after back-to-back seasons of not making the playoffs. And there was, we, we heard all the cliches about, oh, you know, everything's going to be more intense. you got to step up your game, you know, blah, blah, blah. We, we didn't hear that from Aaron Rodgers this year. And, and I, I think, there, you know, it's, it's not about, you know, oh, find another level of intensity, turn it up a notch. That's not what this is about. This team, this Packers team has, you know, has been there and done that in terms of gotten into the playoffs, had some success in the playoffs. No, they haven't had all the success that they want to have, but they believe in who they are. They believe in their process and they're not going to suddenly try to just go outside themselves to, you know, to play the hero. The the sense that I get is this team, this team, this locker room is very much staying within itself and they're going to be very, very businesslike in a lot of ways when uh, when they take the field on Saturday night against the 49ers. This is this is all business for these guys because uh, because they've been here before, they've won this game before, and they will focus on winning this game. But they have they feel they have so much more out in front of them, and and running around and throwing your arms and doing all the rah rah stuff and all that. That's that's not the personality of this squad. It's a great story in terms of this matchup. And you had the San Francisco 49ers who were so close to winning a Super Bowl championship, got to the promised land and just tripped a couple bricks before the finish line. Yep. You have the Green Bay Packers who have been to back-to-back NFC championship games. 2019-20, didn't go so hot. Last year, it was right there for them. They got the turnovers late. They just couldn't finish it. They're trying to finally cross that precipice to be able to get back to a Super Bowl for the first time in 11 years. You can't draw it up any better. My first thing I think I wrote in Insider Inbox this week was, this game sells itself. You, our, photo, our video department will do a fantastic job with the trailer. We'll have all the, the pop and circumstance. 
you, you could sell this with a flyer and a guy standing down at the corner just telling <laughs> you the tickets are on sale. Yeah. That's how big this matchup is. And there's the Shanahan LaFleur angle. There's all these different storylines that go with it. But ultimately, you have two of the league's best teams. I know it's been tough for the 49ers. They've had injuries. They've had setbacks. But they've found their way back to this point. In the Green Bay Packers, Mike, what I've been telling fans all week long, it's time to be confident. I understand there's some nervous energy there. I understand the Packers have had some playoff runs here that haven't ended the way you wanted. You didn't get that hat on your head that you were hoping to, to get at the end of the season. Yeah. But they're the first seed, and they've played really well in the divisional round at home here these last few seasons. Be confident. And, and if you can take any solace from the fact that, well, the 49ers are really hot, or are they a really tough matchup? Of course they are. Why wouldn't they be? But remember the Packers have been the team, other than week one, have been arguably the most consistent team in the National Football League. 49ers have won some close ball games. They've beaten some good football teams. But the Packers have been doing it longer. And I feel like, especially as they've cut back to better health now, this is the time for all those things to kind of click in together and, and make that final push. Yeah, absolutely. I just I, I, I like the I like the mindset, the approach of this team. Aaron Rodgers said we're not gonna make this any bigger than it yep. is. Everybody knows it's big. Yeah. It's 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 the playoffs. It's winner go home and all that. But you don't make it any bigger than it is. You believe in who you are, you believe in your process, and uh, um and you believe that playing your best football is going to get the job done. Can I say one other thing? I'm not saying that Kyle Shanahan, you know, and in, in you know, their offensive coaching staff don't have some tricks up their sleeves yet. But, you know, so many people are saying, well, how are they going to defend Debo Samuel? How are they going to do all this stuff? The, the, the one benefit to being able to have a bye as opposed to playing that wild card game, Sam Fran had to empty the holster with a lot of their play calling. We saw Trent Williams motioning for crying out loud. I mean, the, 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 the reverse looks that they did with, with Samuel, that stuff's on film. I'm not saying that the 49ers can't hit it against you, yeah. but the Packers have seen how dynamic this guy is going to be. There's going to be no blind sides here. You have to execute. You have to tackle. You have to be on your keys. But the Packers, they have a whole bag of tricks here that they haven't shown yet going into the playoffs. Maximize those chances. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to get to uh, those keys to victory here in a minute, Wes. But first, Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin Subs. We believe in better. All right, you just mentioned a couple of things to me. One thing in particular that stands out to me as a key to victory for the Packers in this game, and that is to tackle. Um, Debo Samuel has the, the statistics he has because he breaks tackles and gets yards after contact. George Kittle has the statistics that he has as a pass catcher because he takes short throws and they rupture into big gains because he's hard to bring down. The Packers have to be on their P's and Q's with the tackling. Debo Samuel and George Kittle and these guys, they are going to make their plays. The difference is, are they going to be able to turn a 7-yard play into a 17 or a 27-yard play? Is George Kittle going to be able to turn a 10-yard catch into a 22 or a 28-yard catch? Being able to make your tackles, Devondre Campbell, as we talked about, he doesn't miss them, right? But the rest of the Packers have to tackle in this game as well as Devondre Campbell does because that's what the 49ers live off of is the broken tackles and the yards after contact to move the chains and to create the big plays that get their offense rolling. Cooper Cup, 
Devontae Adams, both unanimous first-team All-Pro selections. I don't think anyone can argue with that. No. There was a lot of controversy in the minds of some people that Samuel got the third spot over Justin Jefferson. Both are great players. Absolutely. But the, the X factor with Samuel for me is, Mike, I'm not Elias Sports Bureau. I'd like to see a stat of how many players in NFL history had 75 catches and averaged over 18 yards per catch. Yeah. I mean, that tells you the, he's not just a possession receiver. He's an explosive receiver. That's, that's like James Lofton territory, but doing it in, in a much different way than James Lofton yeah, did. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and especially in this day and age with passing offenses, teams are ready for this stuff, and the guy didn't matter. When he had the ball in his hand, it's in an open space. He's going to be able to find ways to hurt you. The Packers can't let that happen. I don't know what the secondary is going to look like. I don't know how they're going to configure if Jair Alexander's back, where he's going to play, if he's back, who comes out, who goes in, what packages they're going to come up with. All I know is whoever draws that assignment on a given play has to lock in like that is the most important rep of their season. Because as we've seen over and over and over again, especially these last two months with the Niners, when Samuel gets going, that bowling ball doesn't stop. And, and being able to actually curtail him while keeping an eye on Kittle, Brandon Ayuk is the guy that nobody is talking about this week that really has come on since that week three matchup with Green Bay. They have weapons. Elijah Mitchell in the backfield. For me, the biggest key is going to be what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. Because I don't see this being a game where Jimmy Garoppolo throws the ball 12 times. He's going to have to make some throws. They're going to want to run the ball. You see the playoff statistics. They run the ball in the postseason with Shanahan. But with the shoulder, with the thumb, the Packers could potentially have Zadarius Smith back, Whitney Merciless back maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Not promising anything. Right. But if those guys are there to take reps off of Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark in the middle, had a really nice performance earlier this season against Alex Mack, I want to see the pressure that they can generate. I want to see them stop the run. I want to see them be able to have success against Garoppolo and win this game in a lot of the same ways you won week three. Forcing turnovers, creating points and opportunities off those takeaways. Yeah, absolutely. And before before we came in here and turned on the cameras to uh, to shoot this episode of Unscripted, we went outside in the bowl to shoot our final thoughts Still video. Still falling off. Um, yeah, with uh, with the week being a little condensed with the Saturday game, there you know certain things we're doing on on uh, different days. There's only two of us. <laughs> but the uh, one of the things that I mentioned in that video in terms of a key to victory here for the Packers. And I've said this with some other games this season as well, but it's about, it's about withstanding the surge from the opponent. And I say that particularly with the 49ers because of when you look at their last two games, as we talked about earlier in the week, they were down 17, nothing to the Rams with their, uh, with their season on the line. And then they surged all the way back, right? And and they were able to get that game tied up 17-17 and then make it a, a back-and-forth contest there down the stretch. Last week against the Cowboys, they jumped all over Dallas in the beginning. The surge was right out of the gate, and it was 13 to nothing before the Dallas Cowboys even caught their breath. Um, that surge is coming at some point from the 49ers on Saturday night. I don't know if it's going to be right away in the first quarter. I don't know if it's going to be coming out of halftime or if it's going to be somewhere in between. But this, this 49ers offense and combined with the pass rush of the defense, they're, they're going to have this surge, and the Packers are going to have to limit the damage. They're going to have to survive that surge. And it might just be stopping them on a given drive to force a field goal, getting a key third down stop. Maybe it's, maybe it's getting a, a, a turnover that, uh, that suddenly flips the momentum of the game. 
But the Packers are going to have to withstand that surge. These playoff games, you know how they go, West. The, the momentum shifts are huge, and both teams are going to have the momentum at different times in the game. And when the other team has it, you have to limit it as best you can and, and try to turn it back your way as, uh, as soon as possible, and I think that applies on Saturday night. The point I made all week is San Francisco won in Dallas because of that opening surge. People can make their little memes of McCarthy. That's fine. He's a big boy. He can take it. But the fact of the matter is it was what the 49ers did in that first quarter that enabled them to be able to outlast the Cowboys in the second half and at the end. No question. Dallas did a lot of things right, but ultimately were too far in the hole by the time their offense started clicking late. San Francisco is going to look to do that again here because you're at an opposing venue. You're going to want to take that crowd out of it early But what I like about Green Bay is I think that this defense is much more disciplined than what Dallas is. is. And that's a credit to Dallas, by the way. Dallas's defense might have been the worst in the National Football League last year. It was certainly in the running. They added some parts. Micah Parsons is going to be a monster in this league for years to come. That Dallas defense made a huge jump from 2020 to 2021. But they still were young and undisciplined. Yeah. This unit, and when I say undisciplined, I'm not talking about just missing gaps. I'm talking about tackling a, a, an offensive lineman to the ground yeah. in a scenario in which you got to get a stop. Yeah, the penalties. Right? Being yeah. smart. Yeah. Packers are the least penalized team in the National Football League this year. You want to be able to continue to play with that veteran head, you know, that mindset, and be keeping your head on your shoulders. I, I, that's where I think Green Bay can do this thing differently. And honestly, Mike, you and I were out there in the bowl. It is cold. It's cold. And while it will be a little bit warmer on Saturday night, they have the blowers going right now. They're doing everything they can to keep this thing – you know, thawed out and, and temperate. But it, the ground in Green Bay, Wisconsin is still the ground in Green Bay, Wisconsin. This is not AT&T Stadium. The game will be slower than it was in Dallas. I think that also lends itself to Green Bay's favor. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned it earlier in the show, too, about how these teams, and I actually looked it up earlier in this week, earlier this week, both of these teams, not just in week three when they played each other and it came down to the last couple of seconds, obviously, with, with the Mason Crosby kick, both of these teams throughout the course of the year have played numerous down-to-the-wire, down-to-the-last-possession yep. type of games. Both teams had nine of their 17 games in the regular season decided by one score. Nine out of 17, both of them, which means eight others aside from when, when they played one another. Both of, the, both of these teams... Both these teams are battle-tested in that respect in terms of playing 60-minute games. And you just know that this one, is, this one is going to come down to the last couple of possessions in the last five or six minutes of the fourth quarter, and it's going to be who is, who is going to be executing at the proper level because it's not somebody, in my opinion, with either of these teams, it's not somebody who's going to blink. Yeah. It's not somebody who's going to make a crucial mistake at that moment. It's going to be one team executing at the ultimate high level to pull out a close game down the stretch with which both of these teams have been tested to do um, throughout the course of the season. You know who uh, the 49ers kind of remind me of a little bit? I think it's the 2001 Chicago Bears. Actually, 2001 Green Bay Packers against the Chicago Bears. I think that was the year with Dick Duran, and maybe I'll get this wrong with Jim Miller, where the, the Bears, weren't they like 13 or 3 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, But I think the Packers ended up beating them twice in yeah, the Yeah, the Bears season. had gone 13 and 3, but they lost twice to Green Bay. 
that's what the 49ers kind of remind me of because they were the ones that lost, you know, these games early on, but still ended up beating the Rams twice during the regular yeah, season. Yeah, the Rams were the division champ in the exactly. NFC West, but the Niners beat them both times. See, I know history a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But the reason I say that is San Francisco totally belongs to be here. But, I, you know, I have my question is I don't know how many games in a row they're going to be able to win. And that's why I felt going into the playoffs, why you want to have the buys, because some of these teams are really talented. I don't know if they can win three or four in a row. San Francisco may be able to do that. We're going to find out. Yeah. But Green Bay, you want to create the shortest path to victory as possible. The Packers have done that. They're going to get this game at Lambeau Field. Unlike last year, yes, the temperature will be colder. They're going to have the crowd into it again. It's not going to be a bunch of, you know, 9,000 people, including my father, banging a sign against the, a bleacher. It's going to be real people, real energy, and I think that's going to bring the best out of this Packers team. I can't wait for it. It's going to be yeah. an amazing football game. Yeah, to it watch. is. It's going to be dynamite, no question about it. Quickly before we go, just uh, your thoughts on how these other games are going to unfold. The other one, obviously, in the NFC, Los Angeles Rams are at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The winner there will face the winner of 49ers and Packers in the NFC Championship game. And on the AFC side, Cincinnati at Tennessee, Buffalo at Kansas City. Any quick thoughts on how those games are going to unfold? My quick thought is, I've never said this, we've, we've done Unscripted for six years now. Can you believe that? Wow. Go back into 2016, look how young we look. Hoo-ah. <laughs> My thing is, I've never said this on the show, I, I legitimately hope the Packers win on Saturday. And there's a reason for that, too. Beyond, oh, he worked for the team. <laughs> but the reason I say that is I really want to care about these Sunday games because it's a great slate of football. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I was really disappointed by Super Wild Card Weekend. I think everybody was. The one, the one but, game, the one game that ended up mattering the most to the Packers' fortunes, obviously San Francisco and Dallas, it was by far the best game yeah. of the weekend, as we predicted. We just didn't know that all the rest of them were. I should say four <laughs> of the other five were going to be absolute snoozers. Unwatchable. Yeah. But the reason why is because this is the weekend, man. I, I said this to you three times this week. Here's the fourth. This is the first round of the playoffs to me. These are the eight best teams in the National Football League. Yep. I actually really believe that. I don't yep. think anybody snuck through here. No. For To have the Rams play in the Buccaneers, I want to see that game. I know it's a rematch. I want to see it again. I think the Bills in Kansas City, those teams are going to continue to play each other this year, next year, the year after. I know. You look, you look at the ages of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. They, they played for the AFC Championship last year. They're playing in the AFC Divisional round this year. They, these two quarterbacks might go against each other a dozen, 14 yeah. times in the playoffs before this is all said it's and done. It's going to be the Batman and the Joker, yeah. man. We're destined to do this forever. Yeah. <laughs> and in and, and Cincinnati or Tennessee, man, one of those teams is going to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Cincinnati in an AFC championship game. Tennessee, after everything they went through this year, going to an AFC yeah. championship Ten game. Tennessee, Tennessee getting Derrick Henry back now for yeah. the playoffs. We talk about some of these guys the Packers might get back. Tennessee potentially getting Derrick Henry back. And Cincinnati being at this stage, at this stage for the first time in 31 yeah. years. You were just getting out of diapers 31 years ago, Wes. Yeah, yeah, I really was. <laughs> that actually is true. Uh, but this is that, that's why. I want to care about those games on Sunday, and I'm telling you right now, if this thing doesn't work out for Green Bay, I ain't watching football on Sunday. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to be able to see how this, uh, this whole hand, you know, it's the beautiful mystery Aaron Rodgers always talks about. And we are days away from finally figuring out some of these answers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it should be – It's 
it's uh, usually the best weekend of NFL football of uh, of the entire season, and I think that's going it's going to play out that way this time around. With that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team and everything with Saturday night's game. We'll have it for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.